Hey guys, this is episode three of Make and Break, the DNAD podcast in conjunction with WPP. My name is Naina, so a bit of background before we dive in. The New Blood Academy with WPP, it's a two-week accelerator programme and it's developed to set up young creatives with all the skills they need for jobs in the industry. So in essence, it aims to develop the skills and mindset that the creative industry needs, but sometimes which education struggles to teach. So to date, it has propelled the careers of 250 young people and it's secured them jobs across the WPP network and into roles at Google, BBC, Amazon and Warner Brothers. The aim of Make and Break is to help more people kickstart their creative career by showing the learnings of the New Blood Academy beyond the walls of the Academy. So throughout the series, I'll be chatting to a range of industry leaders with the help of some of the people who have been through the New Blood Academy. So far in this series, we've spoken about authenticity, uh, how to get the most out of your first job, and in this episode, we're going to focus on culture and relevance. And we're joined by some industry leaders who have worked heavily with brands. We're joined by David, David Speed. Hi, David. Hello. Hi, how you doing? I'm very well, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So you're an art director at Graffiti Life. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what your sort of day-to-day role is. So um, our company, Graffiti Life, we're, we paint murals. Um, it's very difficult to kind of describe to people what I do. So I'm a professional graffiti artist, which obviously is a bit of a, a weird career, um, but the beautiful nature of the time that we live in now you really can do whatever you want Mm -hmm. as your career. Um, I get paid to paint on walls, which is absolutely ridiculous, but (laughs) amazing. Um, And so what I love about my job is that my day-to-day is there's there's no typical day-to-day. So, Mm. um, I mean, I have the luxury of being the boss, so I can do what I want, which is fun. But but like no no day looks the same. So one day I might be working on an advertising campaign for a big brand. Um, The next day I'm working with kind of young people putting together a mural in a school or something like that. So it's it's hugely varied what I do. I think that's a common thing in the creative industry. No two days are the same, which is such a... A beauty. Uh, we're also joined by Jenny Zhang. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So you're a strategy director. I am, yes. So um, I work for um, an agency called Superimpose. Um, and I know quite a lot of people in the creative industries don't actually know what a strategy director does. <laughs> it is. It does actually differ quite a lot in, mm. depending where you work. Um, but at Superimpose, I basically look after... Half the role is really much about um, the agency development and the proposition of the business, you know, where we are in the marketplace, where should we be, what opportunities there are, what opportunities we can create. And then also working on the other half on big agency pitches, clients, um, proposals and um, projects and campaigns. That's, yeah, no, I was going to ask you what that meant, actually, because I was a bit like, I think that covers quite a broad <laughs> spectrum of things. Um, we're also joined by Ian. Hello, Ian. Hello. Who's part of the New Blood Academy. How are you? I'm very well. How about you? I'm very good, thank good. you. I hear that you've got um, some topics that you want to discuss in terms of culture and relevance. Yes, we do. Yeah. Cool. These were um, all discussed with fellow um, academy attenders as well, because mm-hmm. um, we had a talk with um, Philip from Superimposed Studio. Yes, but... Phil. Big Phil. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, I just wanted to ask if there's any kind of work that you two have seen that really excited you or you thought was done really well so um i just worked on a project for world wildlife fund mm-hmm. um that was to bring awareness to uh the the tiger population so there's less than four thousand tigers uh, alive in the wild mm-hmm. currently so unless things change our children are going to live in a world without tigers which is really quite frightening um and so we painted uh, an absolutely giant tiger in Shoreditch um, mm-hmm. on this huge wall. 
It was, um, I'm going to say it was probably like six meters high. It was absolutely giant. Um, and like, it's one of the most impactful pieces that we've ever painted because just to get, to get on that scale, like to paint a huge <laughs> tiger, it had its jaws open. It was like, and the feedback that we've had from that has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, WWF, obviously a really like great client to work for. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were super open. They were just like, what do you think would be best to do? And, <laughs> and which is, which is great because I was like, what's going to have the most impact is just painting a giant tiger. We don't mm. need to overthink this. Yeah. Like we can, there's a, there's a lot of things that we can think about and we could do, but it's like, let's just go big and bold. And, um, the amount of people that have taken photos in front of the tiger, um, is absolutely huge. And that's obviously spreading awareness. People are, cause I, I think within advertising, certainly like there's, there's this, uh, this word impressions like everyone's looking mm -hmm. for how many impressions yeah. they get <laughs> and it's like you can get as many impressions as you like but if it's not a lasting impression then what's the point yeah, like, yeah. That's and, point. and i think like when was the last time you took a photo of a poster yeah so like it just doesn't really happen you know but like something that's hand painted that's got craft that's got soul it's beautiful that's mm -hmm. that's why i love what we do um and so that was that was a really sort of um a really fun project to work on um i think and obviously this is a couple of months ago now but i think um the talking about authenticity like and and cultural relevance um is the the nike ad that came out recently with the um the london one the london mm -hmm. one yeah, yeah that's amazing yeah um the only the only negative thing i saw about that on twitter was people being like why is there not a birmingham one and like, <laughs> do you know what i mean and, and a manchester one and, I, yeah. and like why wasn't there because they could have run the on the momentum of yeah. that and just Fully. been like, yeah. oh, this worked. Like, let's do Birmingham. Let's do all let's the do, cities. Do yeah. all the cities. <laughs> I thought that was sick. coming. I actually thought that that's what they were going to do. And then it like, kind of just drifted off and we were like, but that was such a good campaign. Like, I feel like they dropped the ball. Like, yeah. okay, I'm being negative. It was a great, it was a <laughs> no, great but it's campaign. a great project. <laughs> it was a great campaign. Yeah. But like, yeah, like for me, like the, the marketer in me is just like, mm. well, yeah, I think they are going to run with something though. I think they are going to keep like, bring it back to life and do something they've got. I think they should, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it shows the strength of the idea, doesn't it? If you can see it being applied to almost anywhere. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, yeah, I'm thinking about UK cities, but, yeah, why not? Why not just go global? Not everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sao Paulo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that Great That's beautiful, I think, just trying to capture, going back to the word cultures and the what each city like you know there's every city is is so different and you know i guess the bigger story of what we're trying to have a, a talk about here today is capturing culture culture and being relevant everywhere you go even in between london and birmingham there's different there's such a huge difference in the way people are the way that people talk what people are into yeah. and, and then new york as well and shanghai and Pao, like all these cities have so much difference in them and i think trying to stay true and trying to tell stories is trying to tell a million stories really aren't we and mm. that's that's the amazing thing about i guess working in this industry is there's so much richness to portray and there's so much more to go as well um on on i guess that question Ian, of you know, what exciting things have we seen or we've done? The most recent one that I think, similar to David, about working on projects that you really feel that you're proud of and it really comes down to whether we're making a difference as well, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you feel good about it because you actually feel like you're contributing to society <laughs> yeah. in a way rather than just, you know, doing something because you're getting paid for it. And the last um, big project we did is Services Unknown, um, which is our, our platform, um, which is pretty much open to anything. is is a, is a weird one for us. We got involved with the, the whole anti-Brexit conversation yes, and, yeah. and launched a campaign called Swindled. I don't know if you guys saw it or heard of it, but um, we basically kind of took it upon ourselves to, to start this conversation about 
let's give people a platform that they can re-kick this conversation about how they feel about things now. And it's not really about saying we want this to stop, we don't, but it's it's generally let's have a new conversation, let's spark mm. a new conversation where people are now because we know most people probably don't feel the same that they did 18 months ago. Yeah. So we built a platform. We did um, we did out of home digital billboards across seven cities uh, and at Heathrow actually as well um, in the across the UK and selected specific cities that um, voted spe- voted um, for Brexit. As <laughs> just to make a point about it, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know that we built pretty much everything in house. We built the banners. We built the homepage. We ran the digital billboards through uh, through a partner agency. We've self funded everything. We've got pickup on Sky. Went to Sky News actually, and a lot of global titles as well. And that kind of just spiraled out of control. And I think the beauty of that message wasn't really about um, wasn't just about Brexit. The beauty of the message was. You know, we really care about young people, and really care about the creative industry, yeah. and just really having care. a say. Yeah, and also, you know, like th- this impacts everybody, and th- all these like terms that people are throwing around. Like, well, I'm I'm not a politician. I don't think anybody in our in, our, <laughs> in my agency <laughs> is really that involved in politics. But that's the whole point of it. You know, how do we communicate with people who is a Joe blog and who also feel the same way? Um, by literally this one tagline swindled, which is very British in itself. Yeah. And that's one thing I think is 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 something that we're really proud of because the whole point of So So Known is this community veil that we're bringing forward, collaborators, people who just want to get involved. And it's not about taking pride or glory in what we do, but it's actually about sparking conversation. You know, the, what Dave talked about, the last impression. I'm over the ad game where it's like, how many impressions, how many reach can we get? It's how what are people saying? What are people talking about? You yeah. know, that's why I'm in the business I'm in anyway. And that's why I get frustrated sometimes when you get bottled in this ad ad industry label. It's like, I understand the advertising industry, but I actually don't really believe in that term advertising as it currently stands. So yeah. very much about trying to to kind of give some sort of plurality and democracy in terms of what we do, whatever creative we put out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Both really, really, really interesting um, projects that you worked on and campaigns. Actually leads very nicely onto, um, we actually asked you guys to think of some tasks that some of our listeners could do. So something that they could take away from this podcast series to put into action to help them take those steps. Um, I guess mine's probably more of a, a more, more of a challenge from a from a creative agency perspective. Um, I think for those who are wanting to to kind of get their mind into that that realm and potentially start somewhere or work in an agency eventually or work with brands, you know, one thing that could be quite quite good to think about on the topic of culture relevance and authenticity is you know think about what brands and brand campaigns or anything you've seen from them recently across different you know, sectors, whether it's FMCG, whether it's fashion, whether it's technology, whether it's retail, and think about why that hit you and resonated with you the most. Um, and I think once you start exploring that, you, you probably start to see kind of a formula in terms of like what why it connects you as a consumer. And I think the power of that access is that once you know what that is, then how do you translate and interpret that into your own work going forward? And I think that's hopefully a little bit of a fun fun task to kind of get your head stuck in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'd 100% agree with that because, yeah, the more you see what works, you, the more you can apply those those tricks that, that did work um, to, your, to your own study. Um, I would say that if you're applying f- for to work somewhere, 
Um, so I've just spent this weekend going through 175 applications for um, for a job at, at our company. Um, we just advertised for a designer. Be different, stand out from the crowd, mm-hmm. um, and think of always be thinking of ways that you can do that and um, looking at. So you are a completely unique person with no one else has your life experience, your mm-hmm. background, your upbringing, like whatever it is that you bring to the table is what it what is what makes you unique. How can you bring that through? And mm-hmm. especially when you're um, applying for a role somewhere. So once I was like 50 applications in, I wanted to jump out the window. <laughs> it was it's really, really hard going mm-hmm. because 90% of them are the same email. Wow, like yeah. I don't, I don't want to read that. And the ones that stood out are the ones that did things differently. Um, one person, because this is the thing, like to get that job, you have to be the best. You have to be better than 174 other people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and there's there's like two people, because I'm, I'm halfway through. I still, I spend the whole weekend on it. I'm still not all the way through. Um, but there's, there's two people currently that I've seen that are definitely getting an interview. Um, and one of them applied in video form. Yeah, I was just about to say I did that Completely for a job different. when I was about 18. And they, they yeah, took me on just because I was the only person to send in a video application. Because you can tell a lot from someone from a mm. piece of paper, sort of. And then if you've got a video, you're like, wow, okay. It's Everyone so now is going to be sending videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what well, have we started? <laughs> I know, next time I put up a job, it's going to be like <laughs> 5 million YouTube clips. And I think, yeah, it was on David's point as well about everyone being unique and over different and it's true and I think what you should be able to pull from and you should be able to show and surface is why you're different you know mm. not only why you're special in the sense of you know your background and what you're bringing to it but how that connects with your work a mm. lot of times people talk about why they're amazing and what school they went to and their interests but like it's like how does that connect to what you want to do and what you're about so it's it's you know going back to i keep talking about storytelling and like things about it but it just needs to resonate and that's for me the ones that seem the strongest is the ones that kind of just manage to bring all together in a very succinct way mm. yeah it's interesting that you guys say that because when i was at the academy everyone was from all over the world mm. and you are right we're all doing the same kind of stuff but we're all from different places and you know there's people from the academy from london and then from South America and from Australia and from America and yeah I think there really is something quite beautiful about the fact that we're all kind of making the same work and in the same industry but everyone is really different and yeah Mm. really is true that there's strength in how unique you are. Mm. Mm. Ian talk to us a bit more about the uh, the New Blood program and I guess your biggest takeaways. Yes um, so if you as you mentioned earlier the New Blood program is a two-week intensive course mm-hmm. in um creative thinking and advertising and um in the first week we had a series of talks from creatives of all different disciplines uh, you know ranging from um once that was from superimpose phil and um from um uh, a script writer to um someone who um from an agency about divergent thinking so there's okay. all these different um talks that we go through and workshops that really drill in these different ways of thinking into our heads in a really intense way over just one week and then the next week um we worked on a brief set by um, an agency for um the google pixel phone 
and um, launching it. And we had three days in a design agency in different groups to come up with a pitch. And that's how we kind of ended the whole two weeks, learning all those things that we learned in the first week and then working with all these different people from all over the world and getting to know them and seeing how everyone's different main disciplines come together in one um in one group and to make to make something quite unique mm-hmm. in a really really fast kind of turnout yeah so it's really good and so then, learning all of it in one week and then putting it into action in the second week yeah definitely that's yeah. how you do it that's how yeah. you do it and what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned in the two weeks i think just um the biggest takeaway is just to be confident in the fact that you might not feel um as up to scratch as everyone else but you are who you are as a person and you value different things and you 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 have a you have a body of work that you are proud of and you just need to be really confident in the fact that there's going to be people out there in the industry that are going to be interested in it and are going to find value in it mm. even though you yourself aren't that confident in it mm. because we've met all these different people who do so many different things from the academy you know illustrators mm. um designers um, creative thinkers and people who just do certain things or do multiple things and everyone's kind of got their own insecurities about mm. their own body of work but mm. totally. I think just being around everyone else and seeing everyone doing different stuff and you kind of being in a group dynamic where your skills are valued has been really great because it just gives you the confidence to mm. think that oh I'm in an agency right now because <laughs> everyone's kind of like stepping their foot into the agent into the uh, into the industry and not really had that much experience but everyone's kind of seeing that they do have the skills that's needed for the industry and that mm. kind of just gives everyone a confidence boost. Yeah. everybody's kind of i know it sounds again very corny but like <laughs> you know everybody's creative in a different way as well mm. and i think people think oh you're creative because you actually make creative work and it's like no, I think I think it exists in so many different forms. You know, mm-hmm. you can be a mathematician and be creative. Yeah. You can be mm-hmm. a rocket scientist and be creative. There's so many different types of thinkers out there. And I think the beauty of, you know, something like the, the crash course is really how people interact and how people bounce of ideas off each other. Definitely. And I think that's, yeah. that's really exciting. I think mm-hmm. you can be a two-man agency at the end of the day and bounce ideas off each other. Yeah. You know, so if you can create that dynamic, um, I think it's a, it's a very inspiring uh, moment. Yeah, I think the word creativity is overused and underdefined. It's like people don't really know what it even means. You know? <laughs> yeah. So for me, the way I define creativity is idea plus making mm-hmm. equals creativity. Because if, if you have an idea, but you don't bring it to life, then yeah. it's dead. You know, so it's like it's acting on those ideas. And I think we, we live in a culture that, that makes us so terrified to fail. Yeah. So people don't try things because they're they're scared of failure, um, and I think it's certainly something that's that's drummed into us at school because we have a marking system and it, mm. you scored nine out of ten for that and that's good and yeah. and giving a score to art, like <laughs> how is that even possible? How can you how can you grade someone's art yeah. and say that it's good or it's bad? Like if it's an mm. expression of them, um, so I, I think like yeah, absolutely. And what Ian was saying like about having confidence. Um, I was talking to a young artist recently who was um, showing me their sketchbook and I was like, you need to be, you need to release all of this work. Like you need to release every single page. Cause I, cause firstly, cause people love seeing process. Mm-hmm. People love seeing like a work before it's finished. And there was one page I got to and I was like, that's sick. Like that has to go out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he was like, really, that one? Mm. And every artist has that, and and I use the term artist broadly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every artist has that where they look at their work and to them it's it's not very good or it's not the best that they can do or it's not as important yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that the relationship is like if you're creating work, that's 50% of it and the audience is the other 50%. Yeah. And if you don't bring them in yeah. to, to see the work, if you just keep it to yourself because you're not confident enough because mm-hmm. you don't think yeah. it's good enough, you'd be surprised at what you think is not up to par. Yeah. Someone else will find, and it will be something that you haven't even noticed, but they'll take something away from it. Yeah. It's um, I find as well if like, you can you can create a painting like I I made this painting once a few years ago, and uh, it had like a, a there was a tree there was an empty swing hanging from the tree and it was ju- it was just like a still life it was like based on a photo I had taken, but everyone that saw it had a different story to it, like mm-hmm. oh it was a story about a kid that had died or there was it was a story about um, youth or growing up yeah. or um, leaving home and all of these different stories just through from the few little items that were scattered in this still life and I think um, let the audience make their own decisions be be confident enough in your work to let yeah. it out there yeah. in the world and then you can learn from that mm-hmm. I think we're we're very scared to take criticism and if someone's just being a dick then fair enough but like (laughs) if you hear the same criticism over and over again then what can you learn from that there might be something in Mm. that like strip away whatever they're saying that's that's negative or however the way that they're saying it and just try and learn from it in like oh maybe i could improve that Mm -hmm. yeah and and yeah just don't be afraid of it Mm. embrace it embrace it like failure is powerful failure is a learning tool it's it's really important don't hide from it i think with that actually you're right i think this what people are scared about is like they don't they think it's not perfect and therefore they don't have the confidence to deliver or to showcase it and i think actually really it's not really about perfection a lot of the time and everybody gets strung up on like creating the most perfect body of work and for me sometimes the best work is the ones that you can see imperfections yeah. in perfection because culture and conversation and people are not perfect and yeah. trying to always create something so polished you can see it, you know, like it feels too inaccessible. It feels like it's not reality. Yeah. So yeah. for me, sometimes I just think like, just let yourself go a little bit. Don't try to be so perfect with what you're creating because, yeah, you're never going to put it out there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. People are never going to relate to it. Yeah, that yeah. was one thing that we had a lot of fun with in the academy, especially with the workshops that we did. With one workshop, we had um, a rapid prototyping workshop where um, we had these little... Um, Arduino little things that you could play around with and make electrical circuits with and you had um, an occupation that you could do and it was something that you you, you had you just had to make something for a, what what my group got was a musician and you just make a thing that was electronic for the musician and we just made this really wacky costume that had like a microphone that lit up when he started talking <laughs> and like a shirt that was also like a guitar that lit up when he used it and like a thing on his head that spun around when he would be singing and it would go with the tempo and but just it, it was a really small exercise but again it's gr- coming from what you were saying about just in, the ideas might not be perfect but they're still ideas and mm-hmm. you just had a go at an idea and making it and that was still just something that was creative that mm-hmm. we did and just had fun with even though it wasn't completely polished it was still something that you know the lesson from it was to just mm. go and to just have a go 
yeah. uh, an idea. And sometimes when you have an idea, you know, you can just save it in a piggy bank and, you know, sometimes yeah. it, might, it might be useful for something else. You don't always yeah. have to, you know, feel like you have to express or act on it. Sometimes the best things you kind of mull over and mm. let it kind of like sit there for a while and then the right opportunity comes. You're like, this makes perfect sense. And mm. it kind of clicks together. So I always find like, you know, having a bit of patience in this industry and just, you know, not, you don't have to force, you don't have to force it if you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Ian, do you think um, anyone could be creative? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was, it, uh, I kind of knew, I kind of knew it from before the academy, but it kind of just came, um, yeah, just really nailed into my head when I was at the academy as well, when we were, we had this talk and we, it was rapid idea generation with um, Nick Shearer and, it was just rapid, I rapidly making ideas about all these different sort of stuff that were that we would we were just given like little triggers to come up with different ideas. And the main takeaway from that was about the fact that creativity is a human thing. Mm. You know, humans are problem solvers, and you know we think around problems every day without even realizing it. So, mm. I do agree that everyone mm. can be a creative individual. You know, whatever whatever they do mm. because it's just a human thing Tree. that's natural mm-hmm. in our yeah. brain with, with that actually going back to the the topic we're talking about diversity and i think that's why it's so fascinating because when you have a place or you are introduced to or you create a team where everybody's so diverse and think differently mm-hmm. isn't it so much more exciting when you're being challenged and criticized than it is when someone's just agreeing with you all the yeah. time yeah. it's like it's like i want to be challenged i yeah. kind of i kind of get I think that's what makes you kind of dig deeper as a person as well because you kind of like feeling a bit uncomfortable. If you're mm. comfortable all the time and yeah. you're surrounded by people that think the same as you. What's challenging about that? <laughs> yeah, what, what's, what's the point of it all? <laughs> yeah. you know? So I definitely think, you know, there's kind of sessions where, you know, you can motivate, you can challenge, criticise, converse with people is, mm. is the most exciting ones. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, when we were working on our um, uh, on our brief for um, the Google uh, the Google brief, Everyone was from different indus- um, different universities, from different countries and from um, different backgrounds and different universities. And like you said, it may not, it, you know, it, everyone kind of creates friction mm. with each other when you're all coming up with ideas and trying to work around a problem. But friction is good because mm. it brings in different perspectives and different ideas. And you may think if you're in a group where everyone agrees with everyone, which is what happens when I'm working with people from my university because mm. everyone's doing the same kind of stuff. But working in a different group where everyone's from all over the place, it brings in different perspectives and brings in different ideas and viewpoints and makes you think about stuff that you wouldn't really think about at the first hand. Totally. Yeah. Massive thank you to our contributors, David and Jenny and Ian. That was episode three of the D&AD New Blood podcast in conjunction with WPP. So in episode four, we'll be talking with creative agency head James Hilton, and it's all about the art of thinking. The fact that we're all so focused on technology and innovation, but when it comes to creation, are we forgetting the simple art of thinking? I'm really looking forward to that one. Again, huge thanks to our contributors, and we'll be back with episode four.